Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Bay Presbyterian Church on this Lord's Day, Sunday before Thanksgiving, just in case you've missed it. Looking forward to giving thanks to the Lord to whom it's due. I want to welcome also those of you who are joining us through our sermon audio uh, internet site. Thank you for being a part of us, either live or if you watch it by recording. Still want to welcome you, but uh, welcome to one and all as we are blessed today to be able to worship the Lord. Just want to remind you, if uh, you have not before, we would love for you to fill out one of our welcome cards that you can find in a little pocket on the back of a chair near you, and uh, you can just jot down information and drop that in the offering plate. We would be most grateful, and uh, also let us know if you'd like to receive our church newsletter, just a simple means of staying in touch. We don't have the ability to uh, deliver that digitally, but we can send that to you through the regular mail. Today, and I want to emphasize this, I want Pastor John to know that I have brought my hammer. You see it? Because I utterly failed to deliver this announcement last week, I want you to know that today is the hanging of the greens. For those of you who are not familiar with that phrase, that is not a family who has been indicted and convicted and thus sentenced. <laughs> It is what it is the expression we use for decorating the church for Christmas. And we're going to do that this afternoon at 3 o'clock, and you are more than welcome to come. We would love to have as many as possible to be here at 3 o'clock and enjoy that time of decorating and, yes, hanging the greens. And following that, if that weren't enough, following that, we have the added wonderful blessing of being able to enjoy a chilly supper. And by that, I'm not talking about the temperature talking about sustenance. Chili will be served after we are through decorating. So please come this afternoon. Be a part of that. It's a, always a fun time of fellowship, of getting to hang out together, even as we're hanging up things on the walls. Do uh, point out that you have a schedule of events and activities in the bulletin for December uh, right up through Christmas Eve so that you can mark your calendars accordingly and, uh, and be able to be a part of things. Uh, a reminder to uh, the choir and anyone who might otherwise have given thought to joining us on Tuesday, choir will not meet either this Tuesday or the following. So no choir rehearsal on the 21st or the 28th. And because of Thanksgiving also, uh, there will be no Thursday evening Bible study this coming Thursday, and there will not be a men's Thursday morning study this coming Thursday. And on the 22nd, Wednesday, there's no ladies' Bible study. But there is something about ladies and a dinner or an event. Does anyone here know? Oh, Rachel. Tell them what they ought to know. Yes. So, um, as Patrick was mentioning, December is just around the corner. Um, and because of that, that also means that our ladies' Christmas luncheon is also just around the corner. And we want to invite all the Bay Presbyterian ladies to join us. Um, and we will be having our luncheon on December the 6th at 11.30 a.m. on a Wednesday. Now, some of your inserts say that that is on a Monday. Um, but it should say a Wednesday. And um, we have figured out that there was evidently a glitch on uh, Jill's computer 
that it didn't save it correctly. So some of you have the right day and some of you don't. So for those of you who say Monday, mark that out, it's on a Wednesday. All right, so Wednesday, December the 6th at 11.30 a.m. And we will be having that at the fabulous Old Florida Chop House, which is next door at the Trianon Hotel. And we have the whole restaurant reserved to ourselves. It is a beautiful environment uh, with excellent service and fantastic food. Um, it will be a time of fellowship where you can get to know one another better, as well as potentially meet others that you don't know. Um, there will be Christmas music that will be piped into the room and a message that celebrates the birth of Christ and the amazing grace extended to us through Christ. Um, and if you have not joined us before, this is an event that you will not want to miss. Um, having said that, space is limited. Uh, so again, it is for all of our Bay Presbyterian ladies. Um, and that doesn't mean that you have to be a member. As long as you uh, come to church here, you are invited, even if... Uh, there are women that are in our Bible studies that may not come to the services. They are invited as well. Um, so it is for all the Bay Presbyterian ladies. Uh, but again, it, space is limited. So if you do have friends that you would like to invite, uh, you can put them on a list. And then if we have room for them, uh, we can go ahead and give you a call on November the 30th because that's when everything has to be in is by November 30th. If we have seating available. We will call you and let you know that you can invite your friend to join us. So if you are coming, uh, what we would like you to do is fill out the half sheet that is um, in your bulletins that Jill Bosman so beautifully put together for us. Um, and if you could fill those out and either give them to me or to give them to Jill Bosman. Um, and what you'll do is you will choose your meal, um, you will put your name on it, and then we will also need the $15 for that meal in advance. So we're looking forward to seeing you there and uh, just wanna thank you for your time today. I think Rachel got nervous because I was kidding about me and some of my hunting buddies coming to that lunch and so she's... <laughs> making sure that's clearly defined. You know, we've got a couple of stars who have come on the scene just recently at Bay Presbyterian. In fact, broadcast on the web, but also throughout the city of Memphis, Tennessee. Pastors Andre and John recently were featured on uh, WREG television in Memphis. And uh, I'm wondering if somebody might be willing to come up and talk a little bit about that and tell us what we need to know. Okay, I'll try to keep this to under 45 minutes. <laughs> I see Andre racing up here to be by my side, and, and what you'll see here with me and Andre here is two-thirds of the TV commercial or TV spot that we did in Memphis. And uh, Pastor Andre and I had the opportunity to go up to Memphis, and you all prayed for us. We so appreciate that. It was fantastic. So when we went into uh, to do the television spot that we were doing, when we came in, and we were in the green room. There really is a green room, and it really had green walls on it. And uh, we, we were waiting for him, and then all of a sudden, this, this guy burst into the room, and uh, he, he, this uh, fellow, Bill Courtney, big barrel-chested man, um, he's a lot of personality. He came into the room. We need to get you a generator. You don't have a generator. How come no one's giving you a generator? 
And uh, we kind of put us back on our heels a little bit. And then uh, the, uh, the, uh, there was a cool, a cold front that came through. And at the temperature, the room went down. And he said, look, I've been around generators for a long time. I know generators. He was asking for $12,000 for a generator. He said, you can't get much of a generator that way. He said, I'm going to donate $25,000 to you for a generator. So right on the spot, $25,000. It's in the bank already, and they're, they're shopping it right now. And uh, so Pastor Andre had a uh, wonderful opportunity. $2,000 were given for the building of beds uh, to give to the community. So the Place of Hope, the orphanage, is, uh, is moving from being a resource consumer to, be a, to being a, a resource distributor. So anything you want to say to add to that? Yeah, I just want to thank you for your prayer. I was a little bit nervous. <laughs> and then I feel your prayer. I said, okay, thank you. <laughs> so thank you so much for your prayer. I appreciate it. Yeah, we, I wanted to stand next to this Bill Courtney gentleman because uh, he was, you know, big barrel-chested guy, and I kind of looked thin in the, in the <laughs> commercial, so I kind of gave a false impression to everybody that was watching that. But, but anyway, it was, and then uh, we did that afternoon, we did a, a recording, uh, a uh, podcast recording. Uh, we were an hour and 45 minutes on that, and, uh, but that won't be out until December. We'll let you know when it comes out, and then you all can listen to the story of the Place of Hope. Thank you all so much for your prayers. God moves in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. And so we give thanks for that opportunity. And oh, how thankful we should be for the opportunity. You're sitting here thinking, well, we can't really sound on television this morning. Hey, look, we have an audience before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. As we come together in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given us his Holy Spirit so that we have access not to a green room, but even unto the holy of holies, that we may come before the throne of grace and make no mistake, there is no shortage when it comes to God's supply of grace. There is more than enough. So let us unite our hearts together in worship of God, who has blessed us beyond our ability even to imagine and certainly more than we can describe. Let's prepare to do that right now. Good morning, everyone. Please join me in the call to worship, and you'll find it in the inside of your bulletins, or you can view it on the uh, screens on the front of the church here. Our passage today is from Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. 
Come into his presence with singing. Lord, the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Indeed, let's bless his name as we stand together and sing. Come, ye thankful people, come. great God and Heavenly Father, how we thank you that we can gather today and worship you. We thank you that you have put in our hearts eternity, and God, it's only eternity that satisfies us wholly. And so, God, we are here today to express to you from that heart of eternity 
that you indeed are the God of creation. There is no other. You are high, you are holy, and we worship you today. God, we pray that today you would be with us, in us, and among us, so that our worship might indeed be in spirit and truth, and such that we would be offering a fragrance, a fragrant aroma in your sight. Heavenly Father, we pray that as we leave this place today, we might be able to say to one another, today we have been in the presence of Almighty God. Hear us, O God, we make our prayer. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, he who lived and died and rose again and who while on this earth taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you and please be seated. This is the reading of the Word of God, Colossians 3, 1 through 17. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, 
but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to indeed which you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts toward God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now for our shows to come up, we will continue our worship of Almighty God as we present to him our tithes and offerings. Will you bow for prayer with me? Our great God and Heavenly Father, we are grateful that we too can be not just consumers of resources, but distributors of resources. We have come together here today to worship you and to be reminded that all that we have, all that we are, we owe to you. And so now, God, we're just going to, to return to you just a portion of what you have given to us, asking that you would bless these gifts and multiply them, using them to build your church here in southwest Florida and to the ends of the earth. We make a prayer in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is indeed our strong Savior. Amen. Choir, please come forward. Lead us in thanksgiving and worship and praise.
saying. And we give thanks with a grateful heart because of what Christ has done for us. Here we go. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give You know, when we change keys, you know, there's a big pause in that song. And Gordon calls that the Whitney Houston moment. <laughs> when, you, when you come to a dead stop and then you change keys, that is the Whitney Houston moment. All of my secrets, Pastor. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I know. Uh, if you would pull from your bulletin the uh, prayer sheet. While you're doing that, I'm going to point out something that caught my eye, and maybe I was the only one in the room that got this wrong, but on, on the sheet of activities for December, it says Christmas Eve services, 
And then it says Sunday, December 24th at 10 a.m. Well, usually the Christmas Eve service are in the evening, but you know what? Sunday is Christmas Eve. So Sunday morning, we're going to have our regular worship service. Okay. I was the only one confused. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'd like for you to add two things to this list. Um, first of all, Kay Johnson uh, was in the hospital. She had had a stroke. But she is now home, and uh, today is her birthday. So, Kay, happy birthday to you. And uh, second, I got a phone call last night from Rex Sims. Uh, he has been battling uh, bladder cancer for years. And he just had a procedure uh, this last week, and they found a little bit more cancer uh, in his bladder. However, they think that they got it all in the surgery that they did. And so Rex says, they tell me I'm going to be all right. So praise God for that. And as we go to prayer, if we could praise God for Kay Johnson being home and for Rex and um, the fact that Rex, they believe that they got all the cancer for Rex, we could pray for continued good health for him. So let's go to prayer. Would you pray silently for these and any other requests you may have? And then I'll conclude after time. Let's go to God in prayer. Our great God and Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are approachable. To imagine that the God of the heavens and the earth would entertain people like us, just in, in relative to the entire universe, God, we are, we are but dust. And yet, you have put your love upon us, not because... We deserve it, not because we've earned it, but just because you love us. God, that is the sort of love that we long from every human being, and you give it to us freely. And as we are gathered here today, God, we know that we have your imprimatur. We know that your love rests on this congregation, not because we're better than any others, but just because you love your church to such a degree that you would even humble yourself to the point of becoming humanity. The Lord Jesus, born in, in the lowest of possible ways. God, how grateful we are for that love that you, you pour out, for the grace that you give us day after day thank you that we can take a breath today because you created air and you created us in such a fashion that, that we function with that. God, we are a thankful people. Too often we are ingrates. Too often we take things for granted that we shouldn't. And we're here today to confess that to you and to let you know from our hearts that we are so grateful that you have brought us into your family of our Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you for the men and women who now uh, stand up and say, you will sleep well tonight because I have your back. We thank you for the men and women who are serving their country and 
who stand between us and harm. And God, we pray for them. We pray for their success. We pray for their health and safety. We pray that uh, their missions would enjoy success. And God, we, we pray for peace around the world. Uh, that is a tall order. For millennia, ever since the dawn of time, since the fall of Adam and Eve, violence has been a part of humanity. And God, we're sorry. We, we want it to be differently. We pray for the peace, the peace of God to rule in the hearts of people around the world. We pray that the gospel message would, would reach around the world so that, so that we would all speak with one voice and that voice would rise to worship. Heavenly Father, we pray for those who are struggling with health issues. We pray for Rex as he recovers from surgery and God, our prayer is that that bladder cancer would once and for all be vanquished. We pray for Kay Johnson as she recuperates from a stroke at home. Thank you for she and Joe, and pray that Joe would be a, the best of caregivers for her. We pray for, for so many folks, God, we could, we could spend the rest of the today praying for people who are in need. Our hearts go out to them. Those that are listed, God, we pray for them. We pray that you would uh, abide close with these people so that, so that they would be aware of your presence with them and that you would strengthen them for the tasks of the day. And then, God, we would pray for, for the ministries with which we're privileged to be associated. I think of Pastor Andre and Angie and the Place of Hope and and uh, the, the good that was done in Memphis, we pray that, uh, that that good would continue to roll forward. And then, uh, God, we, we pray for the Oak River Church, our daughter church. We pray for their, for their worship service today that would be rich and satisfying to you. And then, uh, Lord, we pray for the Florida Church Planning Network. And thank you that, that it's through the, that spread of the gospel that hearts can be changed and the hearts and minds can be brought back into alignment with the God who has granted us eternity in our hearts. Help us day by day to be thankful. And we make our prayer in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, asking that you would rest on our pastor now and the con this congregation that we might see Jesus. And I invite you to turn with me or otherwise give your attention to the Word of God as found in Isaiah chapter 12, taking a break from, as we will be in the coming weeks, from uh, the Gospel according to Luke, as we uh, rejoice in this season of Thanksgiving and then following will come Advent. But for this morning, let's look at Isaiah chapter 12. I'll begin reading with verse 1. Hear the word of the Lord. You will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, 
For though you were angry with me, your anger turned away, that you might comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, proclaim that his name is exalted, sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. May the Lord bless this reading of his word. Amen. One hundred. Sixty years ago today, what happened? Abraham Lincoln stood beside a freshly dug cemetery in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and spoke 272 words, which took him less than two minutes. He was an afterthought invited by the organizers of the event out of courtesy because, after all, he was the president of the United States, the commander-in-chief of the armed forces. And at this dedication of the cemetery, they thought it would be appropriate for him to be there. The keynote speaker, Edward Everett, great orator of his day, spoke for no less than two hours And yet today, when we speak of the Gettysburg Address, we refer to Lincoln's, not Everett's, oratory. How is that? And why are we so prone to forget? Why do we lose sight of the fact that in that horrible, awful conflagration that was the Civil War, there were over one million casualties? Over 600,000 of those were deaths. And in Gettysburg, in the course of three days of fighting, July 1st through the 3rd, 1863, over 51,000 men were killed in three days in battle. History is there for us to learn from it, but unfortunately we have chosen not to listen. And as the people of God, we understand the supreme importance of knowing the past being able to make a study of the history of mankind if for no other purpose than to be able to see God's faithfulness that has been demonstrated throughout the centuries in this world that is tearing itself apart, which for centuries has seen people warring against one another, seeking to gain advantage over others, taking advantage of others. In this world that has plunged itself more deeply into the depravity of sin, Yet today, here we are on this Lord's Day, reminded that God is faithful. By way of contrast to our faithlessness, forgetting our Creator, and substituting the notion for a Creator with our own ideas and devices for how it is that we actually got here. Coach Tanner this morning in Sunday school mentioned about how beautiful the sunset was last night. And boy, it was. Did you see it? How beautiful that is. And and in reflex of devotion, we give thanks to the Lord for creating something that beautiful. 
we do that because we know our creator. That's why you're here today, presumably because you want to worship the one true and living God rather than standing there looking at the sunset and thinking, wow, just think of all the amazing collision of molecules and it happened by random chance that produced all of that. And our leaders tell us that we need to develop an attitude of thankfulness and yet there's no mention of the one to whom we ought to be thankful. There are so many lessons to learn from life and from history. And yet here we are looking at a passage from God's word written millennia ago, centuries before the Lord Jesus even lived, prior to his coming. And the prophet is able to see with clarity what will happen when Messiah comes. God's people on this occasion, as is the case throughout Scripture, were not in a place of faithfulness. They had forgotten the Lord. They had forgotten his ways. They had forgotten his word. So that in the first chapter of Isaiah, he indicts them by saying essentially that your worship is not even acceptable to me. It's nothing more than noise to me. It's an annoyance. And on and on he goes throughout the book. Because after all, God sent prophets into the world not because his people were living well and he simply wanted to provide them with a motivational speaker. He sent prophets because his people need correction. Just like you and I need correction and we need reminding and we need to be challenged from the word of God. And yet Isaiah looked forward to a day, even though in his day the people of God were not faithful, yet there will come a day. You will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord. Our reflex of devotion, a reflex just as surely as we were sitting in the doctor's office and he struck right below our kneecap and our leg kicked out or other places that he could discern a reflex. Once the stimuli is applied and the reflex occurs, so it should be with us. In light of God's blessings, in light of the way in which he has provided for us, our automatic reflex should be to say, thank you, Lord. I will give thanks to you. For though you were angry with me, a concept that we don't like to talk about, we ignore the fact of God's wrath, his displeasure with our waywardness and our sin and all that we do and think and say or otherwise fail to do that we ought to do, all of those things that, that make him angry. And yet Isaiah the prophet is able to speak of a time in which we can say that God has turned his anger away from us in order to comfort us. He points us toward the cross. And ultimately, in this season of thanksgiving, for all the things that we ought to be thankful for, and we should be, thankful for the food that the Lord provides, thankful for all the other provisions, clothes on our backs, roofs over our heads, the opportunity not only to have, but to be able to give to others as we think of the joy that comes when we distribute from our resources to those who have less than we do. All of those things are things for which we should be grateful to the Lord, knowing the object of our gratitude. Yet, to be thankful that God has turned away his anger, that in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, who on the cross took upon himself that very wrath, that fierce anger, that would be ours to experience for all eternity, Christ has taken that upon himself. And the prophet sees that God ultimately will make a provision for that anger to be turned away. Behold, God is my salvation. A reminder to us from the prophet who wrote before it happened, 
to those of us now who live 2,000 years after he came to acknowledge to the Lord, not only did you provide salvation, you yourself are my salvation. Because God loved us so much, he came himself in the person of his son. He didn't send an angel or even legions of angels. He could have demonstrated his love in that way, and there would be no assailing it. There could be no doubting it. There could be no ignoring the fact that the Lord loved us by providing those to come to our aid and to help us. But all of the angelic hosts together, indeed all of the hosts of heaven, could have never done what Christ himself alone did for us. Six hours one Friday as he endured something far more horrible than we can even imagine in order to turn away the anger of God. We thank the Lord who is salvation. Christian, what do you get by means of salvation? Oh, we talk about a number of things, don't we? We have have a relationship with God. We're brought into a relationship with each other. Now I realize Peter says we're a peculiar people and we think, well, we're in relationship with a lot of peculiar people. Some of us are more peculiar than others. We think of everlasting life, don't we? Victory over the grave. We think of a celestial city whose streets are paved with gold, with gates of pearl. We're left to consider things that are far more wonderful than our minds can comprehend or that we could even describe to one another. We have so much in salvation. But Christian, let me remind you that what we ultimately gain in salvation, as John Piper and others have said, is nothing less than God himself. For did not the Lord Jesus say, Fear not, you believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. And then it comes. Oh, inconceivably it comes. That where I am, there you may be also. And suddenly, as he spoke to that apostolic band who in confusion could not comprehend what the Lord Jesus was about to endure for our sakes, were being told these wonderful words. And now, 2,000 years later, we still are in wonder and awe that we get to be where he is, and we shall behold him. That's the essence of salvation. This is eternal life, said the Lord Jesus in his high priestly prayer in John chapter 17, verse 3, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Just to consider that we know who God is, that when we see a sunset, we know to whom we should give thanks, to know that we have a Savior, and we know his name. Oh, we take those things for granted. The world makes fun of the name Jesus oftentimes and certainly makes fun of the name Christian, which comes from the name of Christ. But yet to know him and to know who he is, that having been revealed to us, how exceedingly grateful we should be. Because after all, who are we? Who are God's people in 800 B.C. that they should be recipients of the word of God again? after he had time and again conveyed his will to them, and yet they were still wavered, and yet the Lord continued to be faithful in providing. Titus chapter 2, verses 13 to 14. 
describing all of us, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us. You know, I don't watch the news on television hardly at all anymore. But I do read the headlines online. And, you know, most of the stories I don't read. It's kind of like it used to be when I would be checking out at the grocery store years ago when you had some of those wonderful publications that were there that had uh, all of the news items that the major news outlets tend to miss. Like, you know, a farmer had a two-headed calf out in Iowa because he had been visited by aliens the month before. Do you remember stuff like that? Thinking, you know, how did all these reporters out there miss this news that was right there for us in the checkout line? And you don't see those in the checkout line anymore because now they're on our phone. <laughs> and a lot of them are being put out by the major news outlets. And I saw one uh, this past week about how uh, there was a, you know, it has to be true because it was on the internet. There was an actual photograph there <laughs> of someone in a very old house with a ghost behind her everyone was talking about. I mean, the, the length of the chat following it, the discussion forum was just amazing. That people were giving all the time and effort that they were to this image. All those things that we discuss and that we talk about that, that take up our time, and yet we have one day to look forward to the appearing glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Coach is going to make that sunset last night as glorious as it was look like the blinking of a flashlight in a dark backyard when Christ appears. Something that actually will occur. But for what purpose? To redeem us. The one who came to redeem us will appear and will experience the utter fulfillment of that redemption. For suddenly when we look upon his face, we will see all that God has provided for us. He himself is our salvation. And on he goes. As uh, the Lord is my strength, my song, he has become my salvation. You know, the choir has sung, we have sung. Even though Pastor John gave away one of Gordon's most dearly held secrets. We sing. We sing because we have someone to sing about, not just something. God is our salvation. God is our strength. God is our song. He has become my salvation. Notice the personal tense there. Not only salvation for the people of God as a whole, but I can say personally, he is my Savior. Christ died for me as surely as he died for all who trust him. So we thank the Lord who gives salvation. He gives it. He provides it. It becomes ours. Not on the basis of a relationship wherein we would strive to earn it and then he meets it out according to our works. But no, he grants it to us in full measure by his grace. Isaiah was able to see that. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. As we think of the way in which God provides in the same way that water in a thirsty land, in a dry, parched desert, is a life-saving substance. Imagine if you're, if you're thirsting in a desert. There's no water 
you've gone days, let's say, without drinking anything liquid. What would you want? What would be most important to you? Well, I can tell you, you're probably not going to be out there looking for a Lamborghini. You're probably not going to be out there looking for a, a, a device so that you can get caught up on what's happening on the Internet as of late. What you desperately want would be life-saving, life-giving water. And for the person who has experienced that conviction of sin where you've come to a knowledge of your own unworthiness, your own destitution, spiritually speaking, what we desire most is that water of salvation, that river of life that flows from the throne of God that manifests itself in the Lord Jesus Christ. Speaking of the Israelites and the Old Testament, when they were making their way from the land of slavery to the land of promise, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, Paul says, And all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. And you're wondering, did he mix up his metaphors here? How in the world is it that a rock would follow anybody? I've I've been in the woods all my life, and I've seen all kinds of strange things happen, but I have never been followed by a rock. They stay put. But this rock that God has provided was the supply of life-giving water from which the Israelites drank. You see, they may have thought they came to the rock, but in point of fact, the rock came to them. Now, that's telling you more than I know, right? But we're able to give thanks that God has provided for us in just that same way. That we who would think that we have found him, that, that we have somehow discerned who Jesus is. No, he's the one who has come to us. He has given us salvation. We haven't reached out and grasped it in our own strength and effort as if we were earning it. No, he has given it to us. And that's carried forward into the New Testament, this analogy of water, one of the favorite metaphors that the Lord Jesus used throughout the course of his life, John 4, 14. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And so suddenly, the one who needs water by God's supply becomes not only a recipient, but a resource himself. One who was a beggar in need of grace becomes the means by which grace flows forth to the world as God demonstrates that wondrous work in us. Oh, wells of salvation. And, and even in the Revelation, we still see this, do we not? When the angel led John to that River of the water of life that was flowing, not the way the hymn says, by the throne of God. No, it flows from the throne of God. If you change that one preposition in that hymn, you've got a wonderful song. We shall gather at the river that flows from the throne of God because life comes from God. He gives us salvation because he is salvation. How could we do anything but give thanks? We give thanks to the Lord who reveals salvation. We know it because he's revealed it. He's given us this truth as we see here in the midst of Isaiah's prophecy. But it's not simply that those who know the Lord in that instance will say in that day. Note how in verse 4, 
it says, and you will say in that day. Now, that says the same thing as verse 1 says. But notice how the wording is a bit different. You will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord. Earlier, he had said, you will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord. What's happening here? It's a way in which God's people become God's mouthpiece in saying to the world, not just to ourselves that we ought to give thanks, but we're saying to the world, you give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. And in this, all of us who know the Lord in a very real sense are commissioned to be evangelists, the bearers of good news, demonstrating before a lost and fallen world the goodness of the Lord in the land of the dying. It is a wondrous thing to think that we would be that means by which others would know. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. That's what we've done here today, isn't it? We're singing together. What are we doing? We're proclaiming his name. We're saying the Lord's Prayer together. Even when we're bowed and someone is leading us, the prayer that's being offered as we join our hearts together as one, we're expressing all of that together before the throne of God and we're doing it before the world. We don't conceal this activity. We worship God in the open. We worship him publicly. That's one of the great blessings of coming together for worship rather than simply doing it in the privacy of our home. Somebody sent me a thing on, by way of text. One of my pastor friends up in New York, Albion, New York. He's up there. Uh, the Lord's using him to revitalize a very old Baptist church, and people are coming. They they had to put in a new baptistry. The one they had leaked so bad. I know we're Presbyterian, but still, I give thanks for this. The one that they had in that old church building leaked so badly they couldn't use it. So they had to bring in a new one because they needed it. People, again, are coming to know the Lord Christ and are making professions of faith. And Ben sent this uh, text out to several of us this week, an advertisement of a church that said, uh, we meet in the woods. We meet out in nature. To express ourselves to the Lord. It was a, a very private thing, obviously, where individuals would meet there in the woods. And somebody texted along there differently and said, Well, I tell you what, you better wear a blaze orange because that's the opening day of deer season. <laughs> but even so, we worship publicly, don't we? We do it out in the open because we want to testify not just to God that we love Him. But we want the whole world to know that we love him. Because you know what? The Son of God lived out his life publicly. He called disciples to himself publicly. He died on a cross. Oh, it was outside of town. It was outside the gate. It was a place of curse. But he did it publicly. And so we worship and in testifying to the one true and living God, we're testifying to the world. John 17, 26, Jesus said, I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known. His uh, ministry was coming to a transition. He continues to minister, just not in the same exact way that he did when he was with his disciples physically. Now that the Holy Spirit has come, that name is continuing to be revealed. What am I talking about? I'm talking about this mission we're on. We're in, in the worship of God. We are 
taking part in missions. We're singing praises to the Lord, for he's done gloriously. Let his name be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitants of Zion. For great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. And so among the last things the Lord Jesus said to his disciples before he ascended to heaven, bringing to a conclusion his earthly ministry as it had been undertaken until that point, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. We hold nothing back. We don't refrain from proclaiming the name of Jesus to any people anywhere in the world at any time because in thankfulness and gratitude to him, we want the whole world to know so that the number continues to grow, so that others are being added to our voices, so that one day in heaven there will be a number that none of us can number. Imagine it. We come home sometimes. I remember my mother, after I'd been out somewhere and maybe to an event, one of the things she'd ask me when I got home, well, how many were there? And then that motherly question, you know, who all was there? I know what she was asking. Who are you hanging out with? Just imagine in heaven. Worshiping God, no longer encumbered by sin. There's going to be no more death, nor sorrow, nor sin. All of those things will have passed away. And it's not as if we're going to turn away for a moment and somebody says, looks like you've been busy. How many were there? I have no idea. It's a number I can't begin to count because he is worthy. What makes us a church, the Holy One of Israel, is present among us. What makes us the people of God? Because God inhabits us. Why will heaven be so glorious? Because we will be there in his presence and we will see him and we will be like him because we will see him as he is and we will never cease to give thanks. So all of this is just rehearsal. All of this is rehearsal. It's real. It's actual. But we're just in the ramp-up stages for the event which in fulfillment will exceed anything we have ever experienced in this life. However much bounty we have at the table come Thursday or whatever scarcity there may be in the case of so many, just know God's provision far exceeds our ability to comprehend it because he himself is our supply. Bless his name. Heavenly Father, how can we even begin to give thanks to one who has provided us with so much, so exceedingly abundantly have you provided? We have no means of accounting. Even in a day of technology in which computations can be made in milliseconds, we don't possess the ability to contain or to calculate your blessings provided for us from all eternity, for all eternity, through Jesus Christ, your Son. Father, grant that your people will exceedingly and increasingly be a grateful that in humility, in giving thanks to you, 
you would use our witness before the world that watches and listens to reveal your glorious truth of the gospel to a world that desperately needs reconciliation to you because surely peace will not come to troubled hearts and troubled lands and troubled regions until hearts are inhabited by the prince of peace your beloved son and so we give thanks we thank you we all thank you our god through jesus christ amen let's stand together and sing as we conclude our service now thank we all our god evermore. May grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit be with you and abide with you now and forevermore. And everyone said together,